The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. To end policing as we know it. Off the charts violence in New York City. 11 people shot in just eight hours on Sunday. This is Sunday. about the police officers, officers who every single day put on that uniform and they run towards danger when we run away from it. Guns up, giddy up. It's Wednesday, last call of the day, bringing you all the political news and news around the globe so that you don't have to seek out mainstream media. We are the Failure Stop Podcast channel, delivering five shows a week to keep first responders informed and entertained all week long. And this is the show where we pretend to be journalists, Um, and we're not. We're not real journalists, but what we do is we try to seek and find the truth, myself and Deadleg, and we bring it to you. In a non salacious and yeah, kind of like an slightly offensive, but not so offensive way. Just different than mainstream media because we know that you as law enforcement officers, as first responders, you don't want to go to mainstream media to hear all the bill uh, that comes with it. So that's where we come into play. But uh, again, remember that we are just pretending to be journalists here and we are merely giving you something else to talk about this weekend other than the job. So while you're at the civilian barbecue, you're not just talking about dead babies and domestic violence, keeping you a little well-rounded. Today's news, big topics, uh, Joe Biden in some heat over the uh, Hawaiian wildfires. Our thoughts and prayers do go out to these folks uh, over in Maui. Uh, Dead Lake has very close ties over there as being a law enforcement officer in the Hawaii Islands. Uh, we're going to jump into all of that. We've got a lot of conspiracies to debunk regarding the fire and how it started. Um, but there's also more than just conspiracies about how the fire started. There are some real facts on what's being done to fix the problem. Um, the blaze that has killed over 100 people in one of the most catastrophic, in the most catastrophic fire in the Hawaiian islands. Um, and it's getting really serious over there because that count is being minimalized. And for what purpose, uh, we'll dive into it here in a few minutes. Also, we got to look back into what other presidents did and how they reacted to, uh, catastrophic events like this, uh, going back as far as Katrina, things like that. We have an entire police department in Minnesota who just said, I'm done. I don't need this anymore. I'm Audi. I'm Audi 500. Uh, and so the entire police department in Minnesota just walked right off. And so we'll get into that. We got San Francisco federal buildings. Nancy Pelosi's San Francisco federal building has put out a memo that says, if you can work from home, please do so due to the rise in violent crime in this area. Um, and I think that conspiracy has come to fruition because now it is going to be a federally police involvement. She has started an operation uh, that is mainly going to be feds coming into San Francisco. And as I called this, when we started tinkering with a show called Last Call, giving you all these news, I called this back in February. I said the whole purpose of this rise in violent crime that the government is obsessed with creating is so that we can have a more federalized policing system. And people are like, oh, that's crazy. We're so far away from that. Are we? Are we? Because what was the purpose in allowing San Francisco to get that bad? Only to have the feds come in and save the day. We'll drop in on that. Plus, we have just a wonderful feel-good story here, a blue-collar political anthem, Rich Men, North of Richmond. 
uh, bumps Jason Aldean's songs off the top, his number one song, Try That in a Small Town, um, off the iTunes charts, the Spotify charts, taking all the charts uh, by storm. And I, I call it this the anthem of the rebellion. <laughs> and uh, if you go back to those movies, uh, what was the movie's dead leg with the, uh, the bow and arrow and uh, To Kill a Mocking Jay, Mocking, what was the? Hunger Games. Hunger Games, right? I can see this as being a song of the Hunger Games and the the elites in the Hunger Games are like, we cannot stand for this. The peasants can't have music like this. Uh, we'll dive into that. So we just got a lot of news. Today's show is brought to you by ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack. Sleep so good, it's scary. Go head over to Wolfpack, uh, go over to ghostbed.com. Use that promo code Wolfpack. Uh, they've got the cooling sheets so that if you stay hot, like they do in Florida, hot like we're here in North Carolina right now, you can at least stay cool by wrapping up in those cooling sheets and that cooling technology on the mattress. They have toppers. They have the best pillows ever created. I can't live without my, I say it all the time, I stay in hotels every other weekend, Airbnbs every other weekend. Um, I'll be heading down to Florida in the next week or so. And I can't take my ghost bed. I can't just up and uproot the ghost bed and take it with me on the airplanes, on the, in the in the van. But I can take a little piece of home, which is my ghost bed pillow. So if you want a special gift, if you if you want to treat yourself, you want to treat your loved one, head over to ghostbed.com forward slash uh, Wolfpack and get you sleep so good it's literally uh, scary. Mental wellness starts with a good night's sleep. That's why we're proud to sponsor with a brand like Ghostbed. Also, really quick, we have factormeals.com so that you don't have to meal prep. And the way that the groceries have gone up, I'm not sure how Factor Meals is competing with the grocery store that the way they are. These are chef-prepared meals that you can pick out at factormeals.com. They're delivered straight to your door in some beautiful packaging. They've got the calorie-conscious meals. they got the protein-heavy meals. These meals are pre-packaged and ready to go. It's meal planning to the next level. If you're trying to lose weight, calorie-conscious. You're trying to gain weight, protein-heavy, baby. If you're vegetarian, they got the vegetarian meals. they got the seafood meals. they got all the meals. they got all the things. All you do is they get delivered to your door in a beautiful packaging with some like dry ice. It's really pretty. You crack it open, really some kind of a cool coupon on top, a little gifty at the top. Maybe it's seven free meals. Maybe it's a free bottle of wine or something like that. It's always really cool to see. You pop these things in the microwave, even your Walmart shit microwaves that are in every single fire department, every single police department across the United States will literally heat these meals in two minutes. So why everybody's fighting over the, over the, uh, microwave trying to heat their stuff up in their you know uh environmentally safe playtex glassware taking 20 minutes right 20 minutes usage of the microwave to heat up you know their their spaghetti and meatballs left over from six nights ago two minutes you're in and out and you've got a great meal that smells good it presents itself uh, well uh, head over to factor meals dot com and use that promo code wolfpack50 for 50% off that's wolfpack the number five the number zero wolfpack50 get you 50% off your meals and i love them man. i love those breakfast the breakfast shakes my breakfast shake brings all the boys i think you like those breakfast shakes homie those are the best part i think they are I, delicious in my opinion we're we're gonna try to order some more of just having extra of those because yeah. i have a hard time eating and stuff so this have all that pro i have all the ingredients and all the protein it's all plant-based it's all healthy for you yeah so. very good my wife was uh, yep. super surprised my wife uh, just delivered our fifth child uh we do home births 
um, with, with our children. And so my wife was able to look at her. Uh, she, she looks at everything. She's what's on the back of it. I mean, she has these weird conspiracy thoughts that a lot of your dietary uh, needs and your dietary planning actually causes. Well, no, let me rephrase this. She feels that like a lot of the things that you are getting in your everyday foods are a leading cause of autism, uh, birth defects, all sorts of stuff. So she's very conscious on what she puts into our bodies and especially our children's bodies because she wants them running like an optimal machine, machines that they are. By the way, they are uh, skateboarding at Camp Woodward, just crushing it. I'm getting just some amazing videos from the kids. Super proud of them. But yes, we did have our fifth child two days ago. So my, my fifth baby girl. So I have three boys and two girls. My baby girl, Birdie Virginia Tansy. She was born two days ago. Super stoked. She's beautiful. She's gorgeous. Um, mama's healthy. She's healthy. So uh, we're we're all happy here in the household. Uh, real quick before we jump into the news, we're going to get started with this Joe Biden. This Joe Biden. Uh, you know, basically the things heating up, no pun intended, uh, with Joe Biden. Before we do that, though, uh, the Featherstock Podcast channel is absolutely on fire right now, guys. You know, last week we were number 11 on the top trending podcast. We are now top 200 in podcast. In true crime podcast, we are top 200. I think we just slid into the 184th spot on the top 200 on the main, on the only certified charts, which is chartable. So that's the big one, and we're delivering more news. We have two new shows coming to the Failure to Stop podcast channel so that you guys will just have even more first responder-friendly content to tune into on a weekly. So get ready for that. Um, One show that we're bringing on is Night Shift Top Secret Information with conservative Anthony. He was on Tim Pool last night. Did you see that? He was on Tim Pool last night. Yeah, I caught uh, a little bit intense. of it. Uh, true crime, but he was on. He did a fantastic job. I don't know if I could keep up with Tim Pool at all. Couldn't keep he up had, with him. That like is a wild man. I, I think like the way that we function with Failure to Stop, we're always plugged into Failure to Stop. So as soon as we wake up, it's it's what can we do for the podcast? What can we do for? The, I think Tim has the same problem, but he has it in a way way worse problem. Well, one of the messages does. I got from Anthony last night when he got to the compound, he said, "This is legit a compound, and I think everybody lives here." And then yep. he had a picture of him inside the bar, which is like legit, like a like a bar you would see in an episode of The Office when they all go out after work to the bar, like a real bar inside their compound. I know there's like a skate park in there too. I, I've heard rumor of, yep. uh, but really cool stuff. And he did really great. And I'm proud to be proud to be podcasting with with uh, Anthony Conservative Anthony. I think he's going to bring a lot to this channel. I think you guys are going to love him. Uh, go over to the Instagram. It's Conservative Ant. Conservative Ant. Uh, hundreds of thousands of followers um, on Instagram. Uh, uh, 600K on his new TikTok. His last TikTok was shut down at a million. I guess he was growing too fast. They didn't give him a reason why. But um, yeah, super exciting. That's all going to start next week right here on the Failure Stop podcast channel. Everybody's got cameras. Everybody's got sets. Everybody He's looking beautiful and gorgeous on the Failure Stop Podcast channel. And that's all because of you, the fans, who are being who are joining the Patreon. All that Patreon money that we get from you guys subscribing to our Patreon is going right back into the show to give first responders five free shows a week. Um, so if you want, we give you five free shows a week. If you want a little extra, please join our Patreon. Leave us a super chat on the YouTubes. We are live on the YouTubes, even though 99.9% of our listeners come from audio. 
So feel free to leave us a super chat, but all that money is helping us grow to get first responders away from mainstream media and mainstream radio, giving them something in the car to listen to. Uh, that's a little bit more their style. All right. That's all of the housekeeping I have. Thanks for everybody being in the live chats. We appreciate seeing you guys there. Let's go ahead and jump into this whole Joe Biden thing. So first of all, this crazy wildfire in Maui uh, started eight days ago. Um, it, it was eight days ago. It went very quick, very fast. I know a lot of people's first question is, how did so many people die? How did a family of four die in a car? Couldn't they just run away from the fire? Fair question. It was a question that I had. If you go and look at the videos on YouTube of this wildfire, I've never seen anything like it. I actually got stuck in a fire on a land navigation course one time and, um, it was pretty far away. And I remember being on the land nav course and being like, well, they said that, uh, if we needed to evacuate the fire, that that was the most important thing to do and to not sacrifice our scores on the land nav course for this fire and to be careful about it. And I thought as I was walking in the woods that that fire was pretty far away. Um, but within an hour or two, I was running from the fire, literally. And um, and I would set my compass to an azimuth and then I would look down in front of me and there would be charred, uh, a charred grass, um, charred limbs. I'd look up and some pine needles would be on fire above my head and I'd change my azimuth and go towards... Uh, smokeless areas and before i knew it there would be smoke all around me again but nothing like the fire videos i have seen coming out of youtube in maui this thing was moving i don't know how fast i it looked like 100 miles an hour they the winds that so the, they had the hurricane that was offshore that amplified the winds so the the winds come up the I guess it'd be the eastern, northeastern side of the uh, Mauna Kea. Which isn't that unheard of? Like, don't they never get slammed by a hurricane ever in They've Maui had, without it hitting when, all the other islands first and slowing down? When I live, even when I lived out there, there we had I wouldn't say scares when it, but when they say it's close, it's close enough that we'll have they'll they'll change the weather a little bit. The winds will change. We might get a little bit of rain, but it it wasn't. We never had anything that was like super like, hey, we need to evacuate or re during the whole time I was out there. So like the hurricanes in the, in the water, like they'll go out in the ocean. We can have several that won't ever make landfall. They'll go out and spin out in the ocean, do their thing. And then they'll dwindle out and it'll be the end of the day. This one was far enough off Island that it, the winds are what caused the problem. So they come up to one side of the mountain, just like we have here in Colorado, you have downsloping. So the winds, when they come back down the other side of the mountain, they increase their speed because they're coming down the mountain. It's a, it's a weather phenomenon. So you've got, the winds from the, the hurricane, then you've got downsloping from the, the slopes of the, of the mountains. So the winds were 60, 70, 80 miles an hour. You had people in their cars that were stuck in traffic. They were trying to outrun the traffic or fire in their cars. And then they thought that they couldn't get out, outrun fire in their car. So their next bet was to get out and try to run to the ocean. So, yeah, they, I mean, I saw the pictures of bodies in the rocks yeah. only feet away from the ocean. They say that this thing was burning over 200 degrees, literally scorching the earth um, in a way that most people have never seen before. Um, I don't know. When's the last time we had somebody, hundreds of people killed in a fire? And and by the way, we're going to get into this, but it's going to be way more than 100 people dead in this incident i saw a, a video this morning on the morning mainstream news of a family of four with a seven-year-old child dead in the car and it looked like the father um was trying to protect the seven-year-old somehow uh, very just such a sad photograph um 
or an image to be painted, but uh, they were showing the bodies in the rocks only feet away from the water where these people literally were so close to being into the water and saved and they were scorched to death on these on these rocks literally 10 feet from the water. Um, and, I, and I just can't imagine the panic and, and, and the fear that must have been going through everybody's eyes, uh, I mean, everybody's minds through this. Now, this happened eight days ago. If we remember, if we want to look back, um, I'm going to need you to start fact-checking for me here. Pull up how many people died in Katrina. But um, I, I look back at um, 2005 and President Bush. President Bush was on the ground on day four of, of Hurricane Katrina. However, um, I can go through this timeline for you if you would like. I'm not, I, listen, I'm never an advocate for President Bush. I mean, I, I, I was a big contributor to keeping Bush's, Bush rich by fighting the Bush war um, in Afghanistan. Uh, but that's about as close as I get to the man. Um, so I'm not trying to defend him as a good, decent human being, but as a leader of the country, this guy was on top of it. Monday, August 29th of 2005, Katrina made landfall, and uh, almost immediately, uh, Bush at the time was arriving at his RV park um, where a bunch of senior citizens were, he was having a a, a, a uh, um, speech to senior citizens about Medicare and prescriptions. And uh, he brought up his prayers, his thoughts and prayers to Hurricane Katrina. That's day one. On day one, he is speaking to these senior citizens while Katrina's making landfall. And he's he's saying, my thoughts and prayers go out to Katrina. He, he made a couple other statements. Uh, he says, I want the folks on the Gulf Coast to know that the federal government is prepared to help you when this storm passes. The very next day, um, he flies over to Naval Air Station... Um, uh, Coronado, um, where he, where there was some, you know, anti-war protests going on and everything, but, uh, he was rushed back to the, to the ranch, uh, to the white house where he was supposed to be going, uh, back to his ranch for a two day vac vacay or, or, or multi 30 day vacay. But he cut that short. Um, he cut it short and he goes back he gives another speech. And then the next day he's on his way to hurricane Katrina and he's at ground zero. Now, that's day four. What we have here with Joe Biden, which is causing all the controversy right now, is that Joe Biden, even on day eight, still hasn't made any mention of when he's going. And a matter of fact, on uh, I think it was day seven of this, uh, President Biden had yet to offer a verbal statement. Now, this is coming from the New York Post dated August 14th. All right. And this uh, when, when the wildfire started, was that on the 8th? The eighth. So five days. I'm sorry, I said six days. So this is day five. President Biden yet to offer a verbal statement um, in response to mounting death toll in the catastrophic Maui wildfire, the deadliest U.S. blaze in more than a century. Um, he After he spent his entire weekend sunning himself while he's getting sunburned, the Mauians, the Hawaiians, are getting scorched to death. And this guy's getting sunburned on his Delaware vacation home. By the way, lots of controversy. This guy's got more vacay days than any president in the history. Eight-year-old uh, commander-in-chief avoided reporters upon his return to Washington Monday morning, walking directly across the White House lawn to the Oval Office without approaching the press to give a statement on the tragedy um, as 
every U.S. leader has always done. This is literally unprecedented. Do you know how much I hate that word? The White House later put out a statement on Twitter, the platform, or X, you know, whatever you want to call it, um, taking note of the carnage in Maui and detailing the government resources and offer. And we're going to talk about that because we've got guys on the ground. Uh, we've got uh, insider information on this. But his report, a day, this is the president offered a stony hearted quote, no comment. When asked about the death toll, these reporters are asking, as he's going across the White House lawn, they're asking, what, Mr. Biden, would you have anything to say? President Biden, do you have anything to say about the rising death toll in Maui? It's over 100 people. No comment. What do you mean, no comment? Well, you're the president of the United States of America. This is one of the deadliest, most catastrophic events to happen while you're in your presidency and no comment is your answer? Are we living in, in, in crazy world right now? Am I crazy? I feel crazy right now. I feel like my blood pressure is going up. Am I crazy? No, because as as I'm going to start reading some things here, we'll put things into context. So for Katrina, which was a massive disaster, okay, I'm not going to downplay that at all. I'm actually upplaying that. There were 1,836 fatalities. So 1,836 people died in Katrina. And how many Currently are missing right in the Maui wildfires? Ma the Maui wildfires right now. There's Currently over a right thousand missing. There are over presumed to be people. most of them presumed to be That's dead because this fire was so hot. If I'm if you're the fact checker, so you can tell me when I'm wrong. I'm not. I'll never be embarrassed about being wrong. But as I understand it, the 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 reason why there's over a thousand people missing right now is because this was a scorched earth event that they might not ever find those one thousand people. Am I correct in saying that? Not only that, if you do find them, you're not going to be able to identify them. That is the other problem. Of the people that they have found, of the 106 bodies that they have found, or the 106 remains that they have found, they've only been able to identify four at the time of this recording. Four. Four out of 106. And there's 1,300 more people that are missing. Four people. That's it. Four. Four. I want you to have that number. I'm going to reemphasize that. Four. That's it. We are eight days after this, and there were 1,836 fatalities in Katrina, and we've only identified four people right now. There are only 20 cadaver dogs on island as of right now. It's, it's I, I feel Hawaii, like this, this, when I lived out there, we had, I lived out there and I moved out in early or late 2007. So we had an earthquake in 2008 on the big Island that caused the Oahu power station to, to go into a safety mode and the wind and shutdown mode. And then the power went out for like three days on the Island. So I was out there on Island on Oahu. So we didn't have fires. We didn't have a hurricane. We didn't have anything other major craziness going on. We just didn't have electricity for three days. And for three days, the entire infrastructure shut down. Everything. You had people, volunteers in the middle of the street directing traffic, civil defense people. You had police officers. You had firefighters. You had National Guard. Everybody was out there. We have some of the most military resources that our government has is in Hawaii. We have the ability to send this massive response not 30 minutes on a plane ride over to Maui, and we're not. Our president isn't saying shit about this. We're going to say that we're going to give $700 to each one of the family members or the, the survivors. And the, that, that's what they're offering is $700. For context, I'll put, I'll put Ukraine. If you identified as Ukrainian, on average, every Ukrainian was given $3,800 and some yeah. dollars in aid so far. Yeah, and we yeah, yeah. over $3,000 to each Ukrainian. I, I remember reading this. This is insanity. Like, in the it, past it is. Days, 
We send another $200 million. While this is going on, while Maui is burning, while bodies are still being pulled off of the streets, out of cars, people are covering their children and burning alive. While that's going on, we send another $200 million to Ukraine. I, I saw the uh, one of my favorite memes. Um, and again, we know where I stand on tragedies and memes. With tragedy comes with great tragedy comes greater memes. Um, that's just the world we live in. Dark humor keeps us all going and uh, keeps us from blowing our brains out the back of our head. Um, so I'm an advocate of of disgusting memes. Uh, keep them coming. If you don't like it, close your eyes. Um, but one of the memes was uh, from the Bumble. What was it? Uh, what's that? The what's the meme page? The Babbling Bee. Babylon Bee. The Babylon Bee. And uh, it, it had a, a jet flying over Hawaii, and it says, uh, "Relief, a jet flies over Hawaii on the way to Ukraine." <laughs> Passes up uh, Hawaii, but it is true. Listen, uh, the Bloomberg reporter Justin Singh posted a photo of Biden lounging with a group of people um, on his Delaware home, and it's just it absolutely triggered uh, outrage across the board. Um, this was coming from uh, this is a, a quote: "I campaigned for you." raged the former Hawaii legislator Kanalia. Um, and I'm not, I, I don't know that I can't pronounce her Hawaiian name. And so I, I, I apologize to all the Hawaiians out there that I don't speak it. Um, please know that I'm not doing it to be an asshole. I just, I, I don't know how that it's K A N I E L A Kanelia, Kanila, Kanila. I campaigned for you. Now, when I lose dozens of my friends and family and neighbors, this another one speaks out, says Biden doesn't give a fuck about the suffering people of Maui. This was a tweet from Monica Crowley, former U.S. Treasury Department Assistant Secretary for Public Affairs during the Trump administration. She just comes right out and says it. Biden doesn't give a fuck. Uh, or the suffering people of East Palestine, Ohio, or the suffering people in the border towns, or the suffering people anywhere in America, she added. He just simply doesn't give a fuck. Republican Carrie Lake, who lost her 2022 bid in the Arizona governor race uh rip the commander in chief also just burning him a good one she said one of the most beautiful places on earth has been reduced to cinders in delaware joe biden can't be bothered to care though putting america first means getting this joker out of the white house man those are some mean words uh but it says a lot his silence says a lot i used to hate that quote too i now understand it with this it's unimaginable to me that the commander in chief had did not speak out of this until nearly day eight, which I think was uh, was it last uh, late last night or was that this early this morning? Um, but he finally night. came out. Uh, this is a Newsweek and it's dated eight sixteen. What is today? Today's the sixteenth. So this was yep. either late last night or early this morning. But this is the article today uh, from Newsweek. It says U.S. President Joe Biden has pledged that he and the First Lady will visit Hawaii as soon as we can. As soon as we can. It's almost like, it feels like they're doing it on purpose. It feels like they're snubbing their nose up. Like almost like a, ha ha, we told you this would happen. I don't know the callousness. I don't know why they're being so callous about this or why the news is making it appear that they're being so callous about this. I don't know the motive, but it definitely is apparent that they're not getting ahead of this in any way, shape or form, which leads me to believe that they're doing this on purpose. Like they're trying to make some kind of a statement. Did, did Maui shit and Joe Biden cereal somehow? 
why is it so personal? Why does it feel so personal? Do you have an answer for that? I don't it know. Does it feel personal can, to you? It very much does because I have, I got it, it. He's by, we're not related, I, you know, but that's my, he's my brother. We went to Fletzy together. I've been through some way crazy personal shit with him. Like I'm closer with him than I am with my actual brother. So I asked him uh, Wednesday night or Wednesday afternoon. So this is day two. I asked him if he was good. He said, for once, the news is not overhyping the situation. It's really bad. Luckily, we're good here, but the surrounding towns are decimated. They probably took him down that there are videos of families driving to the fire and dead bodies in the middle of the road. Uh, I said, I said, uh, he's all good. Much appreciated. Lucky the missus and I are uh, on the other side of the island. But he said, been burning for almost 20 hours. All the fire stations are deployed. Coast guards are assisting since yesterday. What makes it worse is we got a hurricane just south of the islands creating 60 mile per hour gust winds. It's apocalyptic type shit. I know we had a few fires set close to us by the homeless, maybe by cooking, maybe by arson. Not sure. I asked how it started. So, can you fast forward I, to the part? Can you fast forward to the part of your text? Because can you read the text message for me um, about uh, where you're talking about aid coming in? This, this, read this text. So, let me scroll down here. So, two parts to that. So, one is I would like to remain anonymous, but I'm a Honolulu firefighter with HFD. Our department requested volunteers to go assist Maui Fire Department. Less than 30 people were selected. Most of them were lowest in seniority and rank. There were at least a couple hundred of us who volunteer. Why did they only take so few? The department will answer us, and seeing that there's so much to be done, it doesn't make sense. A lot of us want to go help. So resources are not being allowed in. I've personally seen fully packed produce being dumped because it was denied. It seems like there's no one in charge, no one willing to step up. Oprah brought her 35-man camera crew, but they got shut down trying to get into three different shelters to film. And you know if they're shutting Oprah down. It's serious. Um, it, they have a media blackout. There's whole sections of, of the area that's completely blacked out. And, and I can understand that for, because, because you know, with the media blackout, there are a lot of bodies everywhere. Yep. Like what, what I've been, what, you know, you, you showed me several texts from these guys, and they're saying bodies are everywhere. And, and you had one text, if I believe, I remember seeing through the feed, like, like listen, I've been busy. I've had, a, I've, I've had a baby. I'm baby. not vacationing in Delaware, getting a sunburn. Um, so I was just briefly going over these texts that you said, but I believe one of the texts said that, hey, homie, there's way more than 100 people dead here. They're not reporting at all accurately on this. On day, so on Thursday, so day three after this happened, they, had, they weren't reporting anything about missing or dead body. They're dead, nothing. He said initially back, this is on uh, early on, he said that at least four to 500, let me scroll back up, four to 500 unconfirmed dead bodies are still in burnt cars. Bodies are still floating in the water. Lots of people my wife and I have worked with are missing. The local Walmart has turned their entire parking lot into a makeshift shelter. I'll update when I can. Wow. I mean, I don't know if you guys can fathom this. If you're ever in the military, if you're in the National Guard, if you ever worked a hurricane detail, um, if you work during Katrina, uh, it, it is an eerie feeling. I've been on the ground in, in some pretty bad catastrophic, uh, hurricanes, even when I was in the military. And, uh, you know, when you see utter devastation, some of you guys have seen the devastation from tornadoes and things like that, you know, it's, it's eerie, but now when you, when you compound that with dead bodies everywhere, you need a leader. 
you need somebody. I mean, remember 9-11, you know, we had so many people, so many efforts. I, I can remember being in high school and uh, getting to school because I was in TV production, believe it or not, in high school. This was, you know, one of the first TV production classes in high school. Um, you know, this is 20 plus years ago. And so I had to get in early to get the early morning news ready. And I was just a cameraman, but I, I, would, I would always get in there super early. And I remember coming in after 9-11 and, and there was a bunch of trucks and they were all lined up. And I was like, what's going on? And what it was was all these volunteers that were meeting at the school parking lot because they were headed to New York to be a part of it. There was search and rescue teams and all these other teams uh, in route uh, to go to 9-11. And this was, you know, just days after 9-11, days after it. And, and um, you know, it makes me wonder why 100 guys are volunteering to go over there and, and, and it's taking eight days. I think we're going to try to get a Patreon set up with Keefe. Chief Keefe, um, who said in the chats here that they've sent some cadaver dogs uh, from Ohio on their way to to things. So maybe we'll do a Patreon follow up with uh, Keefe from One More and I'm Out of Here podcast. That's Keefe from One More and I'm Out of Here podcast. We'll try to set up a Patreon. So if you want uh, a fire chief's expertise uh, or a, a veteran firefighter's um uh, take on all of this follow our patreon account now sign up for our patreon account because we'll try to get that out to you in the next day or two and see what his take is on this uh joe biden going back to to old uh, sleepy joe here you know for uh, so far 106 people have been confirmed as dead and more than a thousand remain unaccounted for again this is going back from newsweek uh, emergency responders are combing through burned homes for for human remains uh robert Dykeman, a 74-year-old, uh, and 74-year-old buddy Yantak, both Lahina residents, have been identified among the dead. I don't know why they call them out. In, in, in its latest update, County of Maui officials said that the fire around Lahina, which spanned an estimated 2,170 acres, was 85% under control with multiple fire crews monitoring and another blaze on the island is now entirely contained, while a third was 75% contained. Um, quote, my wife, Jill and I are going to travel to Hawaii as soon as we can. That's what I've been talking to the governor about. I don't want to get in their way. I've been to many disaster areas, but I want to go and make sure we've got everything that we need. I want to make sure we don't disrupt ongoing recovery efforts. Is that it, Joe? Is that, is that what you're concerned about right now? Any other time, uh, you would interrupt anything for some good publicity. You would interrupt fucking Christ's last meal um, if you could go back in time just to get your face in on the painting but now all of a sudden you're worried about interrupting recovery as efforts in, in Hawaii I I don't buy that I don't buy that what about you Josh no no you have a giant plane that's called Air Force One you are the president of the United States you have the ability to turn to your secret service and go hey get that motherfucker fueled up we're going to Hawaii and while you're at it, get some pallets of water, get some generators, get some medical supplies, get some insulin, get some get some things that they're going to need. Let's put it on this plane. I and mean, let's you head do something. You do something, right? You know, uh, they don't. You know, in the military, you always have find a job, right? You guys have heard me say this on the show. You always find a job, find something to do, be a part of the solution. I mean, how hard would it be to jump into Air Force One and just do a low flyover? 
just do a low flight or do a press conference and say, hey guys, I know I can't be on the ground right now. I'm flying over to survey the damage myself. I mean, just to know that Air Force One took the time out of it and say, fuck Joe, don't even get on the plane. Just have your plane fly over it as a symbol. Do something. Do something. Say something. Don't just walk across the White House lawn and say, no comment. I can't. If I'm a Hawaiian right now, dude, I'm going straight tribal. I'm doing hakas. I know it's a New Zealand thing, but Rock made it a Hawaiian thing with the newest Fast and the Furious movies. Uh, I'm doing the fire dances. I'm doing all the things. I'm going complete to my roots. I'm going straight native. Um, and, and I want, you know, I want the heads of, of these politicians, uh, which is why these songs, these blue collar political songs uh, become an anthem, um, you know, by this, this, this guy, uh, Oliver Anthony, you know, that's why these songs are resonating so much with America right now. And we're calling these songs anthems is because we as a country, Americans in general feel like we're completely lied to unless you're one of these clowns. Uh, that is just so infatuated with their politicians. Uh, the rest of America, the majority of us sane ones, we all feel left out. We all feel like in, in these last days that we've been extremely lied to. I don't know that the trust of the government has been so low in the history of the American government. I, I can't think of a time when there was this little of trust in the American government. Maybe after John F. Kennedy's assassination? Maybe it's, it's one of those things where like, you're looking at what's going on and you, as, as an American and you think, OK, if something happens, if, if something happens, we, we've got leadership, we got people in place, we got things that'll things will be start to set in motion that'll that'll protect us as American citizens. But in the midst of an actual disaster with actual Americans burning alive, we sent 200 million dollars to another fucking country. For what? I can tell you what. We got bribes from that country. We got all of the receipts from all that shit from that country. So it's all paybacks. Is it paying for future shit or is it paying for back shit? What, where's all of the American tax dollars going to another country? Why are the American tax dollars not going to Americans who burned a lot? Why is that not happening? Because that absolutely more than pisses me the fuck off. And the people of Hawaii, I know it's pissing them the fuck off. And it's pissing the rest of America off because you've got Oliver that can, he, he literally has a song about a dollar bill, not being shit, not being worth nothing. Yeah. Over, uh, overnight. He is a superstar because that resonates with people. Yeah. I actually saw a group. Uh, there's a there's a trending video also going on TikTok where a group of of, of black rappers, maybe um, maybe they're R and B podcasters. At least that's the appearance that I'm getting from them. But they had a reaction to the song, and I, I stopped and listened to it today. I watched the TikTok video of them reacting to the song, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah." So I mean, this is kind of like a bipartisan, multicultural. I mean, I really think that this song written by Anthony Oliver Oliver Anthony. Um, Never name your kids. Don't give your kids two first names. Uh, it's too confusing. Unless they're a NASCAR driver. Um, well, maybe not. I mean, Oliver Anthony, he's making it in life. Who am I to judge? But, uh, you know, I think this song is resonating bipartisanly across. I think this is literally the anthem of middle America because we're literally seeing middle America being taken away, uh, you know, and, and go into transvestites and, and go into all these these minorities uh, that do more time doing just wackadoodle shit than, than the 
majority of people who are going to work every day and actually getting to work on time and actually providing to the society um, in ways that are much more important than, than reading books to children um, in some outlandish uh, ridiculous outfit. Uh, this is a, a article from Fox News. A new folk song by an unknown artist has bumped Jason Aldean's "Try That in a Small Town" from the top of the uh, top one country music charts after an acoustic performance of the song went viral. Virginia native. By the way, my daughter's name is uh, Birdie Virginia. Uh, Virginia native Oliver Anthony's blue-collar anthem, Rich Men, North of Rich Mend, gained internet fame last week after YouTube channel uh, Radio Deb West Virginia shared Anthony's passionate performance on their channel. Listen, I've watched this. There's nothing more authentic about this. Joe Rogan said it right. He said, um, you can't fake authentic, um, and this guy is as real as it gets. I mean, you can't listen to that song and not just want to cry a little bit. The politically charged song um, explaining the frustrations felt by blue-collar workers over corrupt politicians in Washington racked up millions of views on YouTube and X, or Twitter, whatever you want to call it. Uh, in just a matter of days, the song skyrocketed to the top iTunes charts um, in the country uh, music division there, outpacing the former chart leader Jason Aldean, um, I wanted to read this one quote. Uh, well, here's a quote from the song. It says, well, like, let me just go on with the article because it's, it's, it is a decent article here. Uh, rich men north of Richmond blast high taxes, <laughs> blasts high taxes, and greedy politicians in Washington who just want to have total control, as the song says. And I mean, he couldn't be more right. I mean, this is exactly how the American people are feeling right now. His lyrics compare starving people in the street to obese Americans abusing the welfare system and laments the suicide epidemic of young men. I loved when he called out Epstein's Island as well. Um, it says, well, God, if you're five foot three and you're 300 pounds, taxes ought not to pay for your bags of fudge rounds. Young men are putting themselves six feet in the ground because all this damn country does is keep on kicking them down. The song uh, resonated with many listeners who share personal stories. Here's one um, that they, they they called into the radio station. It says, I'm 39-year-old Iraq vet. Now I'm a construction worker struggling like a dog to take care of two kids and keep my farm going. We know there's a war on the farms. We're not, we're, you know, that, that's no secret right now. And this young man is feeling the war on his own farms. He says, when I'm not working 11 hours a day, by the way, these transvestites that are getting all the, the airtime, all these, these wackadoodles who can't figure out what gender they are because of uh, some prepubescent angst, daddy didn't love me type bullshit. Uh, they're getting all the time. This guy, these guys, these Iraqi vets, these construction workers working 11 hours a day. He says that this hit so hard, I had to stop the old Peterbilt and tear up. You know, the wackadoodles of this country have stolen the spotlight from men who never wanted the spotlight in general. However, the spotlight that's being stolen from them is stealing the spotlight of their lands being stolen, being bought up by rich elites, being taxed in ways uh, that they can't keep up with. The middle-class man is literally getting beaten down. How do you raise good children if you have to work 11 hours a day and you can't keep food on the table? And don't give me this, well, owners of businesses need to pay their, their staff more. Well, if you pay your staff more and you yourself can't run the business because everything has gone up, bottles, grain, 
wood, plywood. Mm-hmm. I, I got a buddy who's got a very successful bi- uh, construction business. And, and for the first time in his life, he's like, I, I talked to him over cigars a week ago. He says, Eric, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. He says, I'm so far in over my head. I had to stop paying taxes because I got to keep paying my guys. But listen, we'll put bids in one week. We'll win the bid and the price of lumber will go up 26% that week. And I'll lose money on the bid that I put in a week before because of the prices are just jumping up and down. And then if we try to wait it out, then we're behind on schedule and we're not getting these things built. And now I'm laying people off. I quit paying the taxes because I can't pay my guys, lose money and pay my taxes. I don't know what I'm going to do with my business. This man's been in business for himself for 15 years, been up and at him with his, uh, with his taxes up until now. He can't do it. I got another buddy who owns a CrossFit gym, told me the other day at the pool, I fucking quit. I stopped paying the taxes. I can't do it anymore. And my insurance went up so high. I hadn't had an accident in the gym, but my insurance is skyrocketing. I'm getting hit with fees and fines left and right from, uh, from not paying taxes during COVID, trying to catch up. So while I'm, while I'm trying to catch up, I'm getting fined and penalized for the things that I can't pay. Now I'm so far in the day. I just said, fuck it. I quit. They'll just come and take me. One day they're going to come in here and arrest me. But I, there's nothing I can do about it. It's either I pay them all the money and I be homeless and my family doesn't eat or I keep feeding my family for the next year or two until it gets caught up and they come and they throw me in jail. And then at that point, we'll figure out what's going there. But I mean, this is a sad existence that I've never witnessed in my life. It's one of those things where the American dream is this thing that we talk about. And it's the, the concept of it is anybody here, if you work hard enough at it, work hard, pay your bills, pay your taxes, do your part in your community. You can have a, a comfortable life. You can raise a family. You can, you can enjoy work. You can do things like that. But when you're working 40, 50, 60 hours a week, and even that's not keeping the bills or keeping the lights on. Like, you, at what point do people throw in the towel? Like, the the suicide rate is through the roof right now. It's higher than it ever is in, in existence. It's not just for veterans; it's for everybody in general. Like, it, it is a bleak outlet. Like, imagine yourself. You're on an island in the middle of the ocean, and everything that you have literally just burnt up. Everything that you have, everything that your neighbors have, everything that your other neighbors have, your extended family that lived on the street, they lost that stuff too. The business that you worked at is gone. So the paycheck that you thought you were getting, that's not there either. The insurance that you had, that's gone too because the business is gone. So you don't have a you don't have a job anymore. So you literally are alive on an island with nothing. We have a government that you have paid into your entire adult life for taxes to be able to take care of you when something like this happens and their results are no comment. Yeah. Nothing. And, and, and your support is minimal at best. Um, it, it just seems like, like we talk about know. like the community that we built with family failure to stop and the extended like the community that we have. And it, it it's, it's emphasized. Each week, it's emphasized more and more and more and more that the the trust, not, not just the trust, but just the faith in big government. You got to be able to take care of yourself. Got to be able to take care of neighbors. Take care of each other. If you can take care of each other, you don't have to worry about big government flying their 747 down there with some supplies. You can take care of each other. You don't need them. If you now, can take care of yourself without the government, then, then what, what did we need a government for? You just do your own thing. Just enjoy your life. 
pay your, I mean, I'm not saying don't pay taxes. Don't, you know, I'm not saying be an anarchist or anything like that, but you, you, you can take care of yourself. You can take care of each other. Well, but, the, we can't, you know, because uh, you know, we, we, we require a hospital to birth your child. They've just made it a felony for home birthing in North Carolina, unless you have one of six doctor approved midwives, which that, that's just never going to happen. Um, and, and so, you know, they've made it a felony now to do home births in North Carolina. Most states, you can do a home birth. Uh, you know, so, so you have to depend on the hospitals to birth your children. You have to depend on the grocery store to give you your groceries. You have to depend on the government to teach your children. People think it's crazy that I like that I have spent the last 10 years of my life trying to get as far away from being dependent on the government as I possibly can, creating my own uh, my own wealth, working for myself, putting my kids um, through homeschool, birthing our, our children at home. You know, we're, we're trying to get more land, uh, even though I'm sitting on a couple acres now. We're trying to get to Virginia. West Virginia and get a big plot of land so that we can we can start a farm and and be completely uh, independent of the grocery stores. But you know, meanwhile, the rest of the country and something to think about because ninety percent of the people listening to this right now that are cops uh, and and I get it, but you need to start thinking about it now. But you guys are living in townhomes, you guys are living in these government small homes with all the conveniences. But you realize those conveniences are going to go away pretty soon. Think about what happens on a lockdown happens. You know, nobody's going to tell you you can't go outside on your own farm tucked way back out in the woods. But you guys in the city are going to be stuck inside your houses. You guys are going to be cramped in next to each other while your pandemic's running around. You're not going to be able to go to the local grocery store because it's going to get ransacked or whatever's going to happen. You need to start slowly, you know, surely, slowly but surely, minimizing your need of government assistance. You really do. I don't believe me. I, I don't know, man. I'm not the only one. I mean, Roseanne's not, you know, she's, I mean, she's not anything less than a cuckoo bird, but, you know, she's on board with it, too. She knows. She thinks uh, I saw her on Tim Pool's podcast where she bet a thousand dollars on Tim Pool's podcast that we weren't going to have a 2024 election. Um, and she's not the only one that believes this stuff. I mean, there is a there is a lot of people in society right now uh, in high society that are trying to give out some warnings and I think you guys should probably listen to them a little bit, not trying to scare you or anything, but, uh, you know, you gotta, you should at least have a plan of where you're going to go when, when this next pandemic happens. And I'm telling you right now, there's another one coming folks. I don't know if it's a pandemic or a loss of electricity across the grid or a bank shutdown. It's coming folks. It's coming. Election season's in 60 days. It's going to start to ramp up a little bit, and it's going to get a whole lot worse come January, February, March, April next year. So you've got minimal time to start collecting things to start fires with, batteries for flashlights, mapping out back roads and how you're going to go. I, listen, call me a doomsday prepper. Call me a wackadoodle nut. I don't know, but when the shit hits the fan, you, know, you better have a plan. Uh, we got two more stories we're going to drop in, in real fast, and that's the uh, the... San Francisco federal workers are told to work from home due to high crime rates. And um, here we go. Open air drug dealing, homelessness and crime have reportedly forced a federal agency to recommend that hundreds of its employees. By the way, it's not just some federal agency. All right. This is actually Nancy Pelosi Federal Building at 7th and Mission Street. Uh, the agency recommends that employees maximize the use of of telework for the foreseeable future 
because of the high rising crime. Now I'm pulling a lot of this information um, from the San Francisco Examiner. So I've seen some people in the chats that they said when I mentioned a uh, Fox News article, listen, Fox News doesn't have only articles that are salacious and neither does CNN. They do tucked way back down in Fox and CNN News. They do have a regular articles and sometimes we'll pull from them if we can't pull from local news sources but we try to go from everything i try to go from democrat side of news because we're pretty much biasly unbiased i'm just trying to give you the truth of what's going on out there uh trying to speak to you from one first responder to another and, and just kind of be that voice so you know if anything you can do your own research and and come up with your own uh, uh you know you, you can come up with with whatever you want to think on it. So I'm not just pro Fox or pro CNN. San Francisco police chief Bill Scott said the drug haul surpassed the total amount of drugs seized last year. Here's where this gets tricky though. Again, this is tucked way back in the news and I thought it was interesting. Tenderloin police officers have also arrested 533 people for selling narcotics so far this year. Um, by the way, all those 533 are being released right back into the streets. So what, I mean, who gives a shit? Who gives a shit if you get arrested for drugs in San Francisco? You know they're not gonna. You know they're not gonna charge you with anything. The federal building housed the U.S. Department of Labor, the U.S. Department of Transportation, as well as Pelosi's office. It was unclear Tuesday if those agencies have direct directed employees to work from home due to the conditions outside the building. What is known is that the Speaker Pelosi in June said that San Francisco is now part of Operation Overdrive. A Department of Justice initiative targeting drug-related violence and overdoses led by the DEA. And where is this important and how is this important? Because I effing called it, folks. I effing called it. There's no reason to let people just have free reign of breaking into stores, looting stores, doing drugs, having drug safe houses, having sanctuary cities. There's there's no purpose in that. They know that the, the crime rate is just skyrocketing. There's only one objective here, and that is to federalize policing. Well, why is that? Why is that such a big deal? Because a federalized police department is a lot easier to manipulate than local police departments. Because you can elect a local sheriff and then that local sheriff can fire or hire whoever he wants so the people have a say in what that sheriff does. But a police department or a federal police department is just appointed by politicians. And so they're doing the they're doing the work of the government and not necessarily the work of the people and they can't necessarily be voted out because they are simply appointed. Sheriffs are voted in city police chiefs work for the city manager and can be fired by the city manager at any time. So this has always been the goal. This has always been the goal. Operation Overdrive. Uh, let's look into, uh, this is this is coming from Nancy Pelosi's, uh, this is Pelosi.house.gov. Pelosi announces San Francisco approved for Operation Overdrive to combat fentanyl trafficking. This is from June 16th of this year. Speaker Emerita Nancy Pelosi announced that the Department of Justice has approved an Operation Overdrive designation for San Francisco, which will soon unlock new federal resources. I'm not making this up, guys. I'm, I'm freaking Instradamus, okay? I've called this. I don't know why you're surprised. The designation of Operation Overdrive for San Francisco is uh, is welcome news and strong step forward to combat fentanyl trafficking. 
The immense human cost of overdose is heartbreaking, stealing lives, tearing families apart, and shattering communities. You think? You think? But but you're 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 setting everybody up to do that. You're setting them up for success. You're literally opening up houses and saying, "Hey, listen, you want to become addicted? It's not going to be that hard." You know, when you make it hard, I get it. The addicted are gonna are gonna find uh, seek an addiction, but there are a lot of people that are gonna be like, "Yeah, you know what? That doesn't look easy, so maybe I'm just gonna try to avoid it." There will be some people that that do do that. Believe that or not, there are going to be some addicts that just say, "You know what? Mm, this isn't fun, and it's not very easy, and I keep being harassed." And eventually, they're gonna move away from it. But if it's just a free for all. What you have is a sense of nobody really gives a fuck. Nobody gives a fuck if I'm doing these drugs. They let me do it for free all the time. People are just walking by me on the street. They're numb to it. They're normalized to it. Nobody gives a fuck. And that resonates in the brain too. Nobody gives a fuck about me either. And when you don't give a fuck, you're going to have these overdoses and, and these, these dramatic uh, scales, uh, upward scales of, uh, of violence and, and overdose in the streets. When it seems, when it appears that nobody cares, it's just going to get worse. It's the broken window theory. I'm a, I am grateful for the Attorney General Garland and the Justice Department for their swift consideration and approval. I mean, it's been the plan the whole time. It's been the whole time to get this thing federalized, get more federal policing in there, um, because when they get in there, then they can have federal grants, and now you're a slave to the grants. Okay, well, if we don't, if if we don't allow, if we try to push back on uh, these transvestites showing their wieners in in the parades, then the government's going to take away our grant that is paying the city mayors and the, the, the city chiefs a lot of money to do this project operation overdrive. And so we just kind of have to fall in step. We have to fall in line. We have to just conform um, because we're all just slaves to the money right now, guys. We're all just slaves to the next thing. Um you know, we, 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 we're just slaves, uh, you know, across the United States. And we, we love to be, to, we love to, to be told what to do. We, we're obsessed with being told what to do. We want the government schools to tell us how to parent. We want the homeowners association to tell us when we can and cannot take out our trash and when we, and how we mow our lawn. Uh, you know, we're just, uh, just f- obsessed with being told what to do. Nobody wants to question authority anymore. Um, and it takes all the personal accountability off of it because you, you're no longer accountable for your actions because somebody else is telling you what to do. I didn't make this bad decision. The government did. I didn't make this bad decision. It was somebody else did. I didn't. Or did. Well, no. The only person that's going to be accountable for you is you. At the end of the day, when it's all said and done, no one cares but you about you. You might have family. You might have friends. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to be responsible for you. So some of you are screaming at the radio. Well, what do you mean, Eric? What's the point? This is doom and gloom. Oh, come on, guys. I would never just steer you to doom and gloom and not give you some answers of getting getting out of the doom and gloom. You can start simply by just reading the labels of the food that you purchase at the grocery store. Don't be so fucking lazy that you can't take five seconds in the grocery to see what you're putting into your body. And if it says MSG, if it says high fructose corn syrup on every single product that you buy... Then make some life changes. That's a start. 
Because right now, you're, everybody is poisoning their bodies with all this crazy stuff. I, I saw a woman in scrubs yesterday, an obese woman in scrubs, which, by the way, even a hot girl in scrubs, you know, it's hard to make a hot girl look hotter in scrubs. Very rarely does a hot girl get hotter in scrubs. It's like a police uniform. Most of the time, it takes away. And uh, and so when you got a when you're a big girl wearing scrubs, those scrubs aren't doing you any any justice. And, and then you go into the uh, store. I saw this with my own eyes yesterday. Uh, filled her cart up with hamburger helper. I mean, she took three boxes of each. Do you know how bad that is for you? Do you know how terrible? Do you know that's probably why you're super fat, and probably why your kids are super fat. You know why your kids are misbehaving in schools because you're allowing them to put so much garbage, fudge rounds, chips, chips chucked with MSG, ramen noodles with MSG. Everything has MSG. The chemical imbalance in these kids' bodies are why they're all wackadoodles. This is why you got so many kids who are confused on what their gender is because you've soyed them up so much with so much soybean and soy oils that you've created a whole bunch of soy boys. No wonder everybody's confused. No wonder why everybody's testosterone is, is, is down the band. So what can you do? Look at the back label of the food that you're putting into your children's body. These are your kids. So fuck yourself. <clears throat> Go ahead and poison yourself. Smoke your weeds. Drink your wines every night. Look, I'm guilty of some of those things. I don't smoke weed, but I have a you know some wine, some beer. I'm not you know I'm not saying that I'm putting just you know, everything lottie da in my body. I have a diet coke from from now and then. It's terrible. I feel bad about it. But I, but I try desperately not to put that shit in my kids' bodies. I try to at least limit. I try to keep it within reason. And knowing is half the battle. Pick up a label. See what you're putting into your children's bodies. Make your kids accountable for what uh, they're putting into their bodies. It's a little bit of a shaming. Listen, when my kids grab the chips, I give them a little shaming. Oh, really, son? Really? Two o'clock in the afternoon. We just had lunch an hour ago at one o'clock, and you're back in the pantry with the loaded chips. You can't wait till dinner time, homie? Get out of the pantry, go outside, find something to do. All right, one more chip. And he's out, all right? Still happy. It's not that there's no chips. But now he's not sitting on the couch uh, watching Spider-Man consuming an entire bag of bullshit chips chock full of garbage. Uh, So there we go. You want to start getting ahead of the game, guys. Get ahead of your personal diets uh, look at the back of the bottles and stop letting the government poison you with all this stuff. I saw the thing, uh, the little TikTok viral. I, I don't know if I've, I haven't fact-checked it yet, but there's a TikTok video about all the stuff at uh, Walmart, all the great value stuff being made with tilapia. <laughs> Something worth looking into. But guys, listen, I got some mail um, from my distillery, and it got lost in the mail, and I finally received it. This is from... R. Jensen. I want to say thank you so much, R. Jensen. He is, I'm going to read his note too. It's a, you know, it kind of goes along with today's show. Maybe it was uh, destiny that I got it late because the letter does coincide with, with today's um, show. This was Sergeant Jensen of Chippewa County. Uh, what is WI? Is that Wisconsin or Wyoming? No, Wyoming is WI, right? Yeah. Wyoming so this is Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, uh, Chippewa County, Wisconsin. Isn't isn't uh, Will Cray from Wisconsin? Maybe he knows this guy. Maybe Will Cray can reach out to this guy and they can go get a coffee. Wisconsin can't be that big. Um, but he writes, he says, Eric and Mike, the cop, after 25 plus years in law enforcement, I am throwing in the towel. At one time, 
I loved my job. But with the meth, opioids, mental health that continues to go untreated, drove me to retire. This is our new patch. We went from a yellow style to the black patch uh, to match our black uniforms. I can't wait to get my ghost bed uh, first of 2023. Damn, how long ago did he send this? Uh, keep up the good fight. Thank you, Sarge. Thank you so much for being a listener. Thank you for this patch. It's a really cool patch. It means a lot to me. And I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry that your career ended that way. I, I wish it would have ended on a higher note than that. Um, and, and, but congratulations and thank you for your service. I had the... Oh, here it is. I dropped it on the ground. Hold on. Here we go. Here's the patch. This is the patch. Really nice looking patch. Oh, it is uh, for, really cool for those of you listening out there, it is a... Uh, it is an Indian uh, with a with a beautiful headdress on. It's big patch, big Indian, Chippewa County. That is a really damn cool patch. That is that is really cool. Thank you so much. Listen, guys, support the show. Leave us some super chats if you're uh, if you're above middle class. If you're one of those rich folks without any kids, drop us some super chats. So we keep the keep the show on the air. Join us over on Patreon if you. If you've got a little extra dollars, we try to really provide some really great extra content. Um, I've got a T-Bones with Tansy with a really cool influencer coming out on Saturday. You guys aren't going to want to miss this. I got a bunch of cool celebrities in the books for that. We're going to get Kiefer on here very quickly on the Patreon to go over some fire stuff. So if you're, uh, want to get some more insider news on these fires, we got a lot of stuff going on on Patreon. You, what else you put up on Patreon? Uh, Keith and I actually have a little thing that we've been doing called down the pole. Yeah. So it's uh, kind of like a round table talk, but I've learned a lot about firefighting. We talked, touched on Maui a little bit over the weekend and we, right after we got done, I started getting text messages. I, I, I was wasn't on. listening to down the pole because I thought that was like a sex reference. And, uh, I thought that was yeah, a we, show for the ladies down yeah, the pole trying, ladies trying to figure out what we wanted to call it. And I was like, well, let's just go with that. And yeah. it's kind of stuck. But I yeah, like I like we, down the we, pole. We've got that on there. John's Go down got, on my uh, pole. Uh, I think he's got 18 episodes of Hard Time up there now. He's mm. John's got a lot of stuff up there. Drew's got a couple of interviews he's done that's up there. Patreon's got a bunch of stuff on there. Yeah, I think we got a PI coming on from the Holtzclaw case. Um, that'll go. On. We have Jenny Holtzclaw. Uh, Daniel Holtzclaw's sister this Friday. Not gonna want to miss this one, guys. Jenny Holtzclaw from the Daniel Holtzclaw case coming to talk about her side of things. Michael Hendricks dropping us a super chat. Look at you, man. I thank you so much. Um, I think I saw another one in there a, f- a few yeah, minutes Lumber ago. Lumber gave one a little bit ago. Lumber chef too. I still got to do some steaks with Lumber chef at some point. Um, Falconator uh, sent something that said, congrats Tansy on the new baby. Thanks Falk. Thank you guys all so much. Uh, Guys, this has been another great, uh, oh, Diesel Tech Bosco. Bosco, you ain't got to be driving no fight. You're a disco. You're a Diesel Tech dog. I, I hate taking money from the blue-collar guys. I want this to be a free show for you guys, uh, for my blue-collar boys with all a bunch of kids and girls. Man, I don't want you to ever feel like you need to donate to this show. Uh, I do this show f- you know, for you guys. Uh, you know, But if you if you got extra income, if you got extra revenue, that's you, know, you can put it towards this so that we can continue to entertain uh, everybody else, um, the, the blue collar police officers and the firefighters out there. Uh, listen, if you're a street cop uh, with family, please don't ever super chat. But if you're a, a sergeant or above, fuck you and drop money for the boys. Do it for your squad. My squad, my squad, my squad, my squad, my squad. If you're a good sergeant, you leave us a super chat. If you're a good lieutenant, you, you're, you'll, you'll leave us a super chat. If you're a good captain, you're not listening to the show. 
Yeah. There's no such thing as a captain listening to Fire to Stop podcast. Right no, now. I'm kidding. There are probably one or two captains out there that listen to the show. I bet you there's no majors, though. I bet you there's no majors with the balls to listen to this show. They think they know it all anyway, and they don't want to hear what the peasant street cops have to say. Might hurt their feelings. Might hurt their ego. Might hurt their climb to the uh, to the top as they're uh, milking their way. To, to a shot at the chief's office selling their soul one at a time. By the way, season 10 of um, American Horror Story. Go watch that. Holy shit. Um, it ha- makes me question season 10. American Horror Story makes me question everything about Hollywood. Uh, I couldn't think of a... I, already, I always suspected something exactly like that, but I would never have been able to put it into words. The fact that there's a whole season of American Horror Story on, on streaming that, that literally lines up with this is bonkers to me um really freaking crazy and go check that out but um uh the joke being here that the majors and above have all taken the black pill and once you watch season 10 you'll understand what the black pill means don't take the black pill oh falconator dropping two bones uh we love this show thank you falconator we love you guys we love the wolf pack thank you everybody for being here uh crockett cassidy up in the chats hendrix bone cold ben allen will cray i also wanted to start something i know drinking bros did this for a long time i never want to steal the drinking bros ideas but i do like it i want to start doing a wolf pack call out of the week um and maybe we'll do that on last call at the end of last calls we'll we'll call so if you want to submit uh your favorite wolf pack member by member, I mean not a paid member, just a member in general, just a Wolfpack fan. Uh, if you want to call them out, send us a DM at lastcall underscore 12 on Instagram. Lastcall underscore 12. Send us a DM on who you want to be a Wolfpack member of the month and, and tell us why, and we will try to make a post and we'll shout them out probably at the beginning of last call. Let's go ahead and start that. I miss doing the old call to actions on this show, um, but I've been real busy, guys. I've been growing this channel, having children, uh, building sets, getting people cameras, getting people looking nice and fly, and we've just got a bunch of people on the team who are going so far above and beyond to make this dream a reality. Um, but I want to bring it back to you guys because we are nothing without you. Nothing without you. Uh, DLM, I'm going to read one more chat here because it looks funny. Um, it says, DLM has a sweet mustache. Tansy has a sweet mullet. With their powers combined, they are Captain Southeast Ohio. <laughs> I love it. Diesel Tech Bosca says, hey, Wolfpack, what I posted in Discord is legit. She is a sweet girl and my wife's best friend. I'll have to go over to Discord and check that out. By the way, if you guys want to listen to Bosco's uh, podcast, Bosco, drop the name of your podcast in the uh, in the chats real quick for us. If you guys want to go over and listen to another Wolfpacker who has a, a cool podcast, um, it's, it's movie-centric. I mean, not movie, music-centric. Uh, podcast it has everything to do with cars and music and all those things. So if you want to support a fellow Wolfpacker, hit up Bosco and uh, take a listen to his podcast. Tactical Dude says, why not start the week with me and my two years? Not trying to be selfish, but it's a good one to start with. You're right. We got to get uh, Tactical Dude. I really do want to do a show with you. I mean, uh, an episode with you on the Patreon um, and, and just learn more about you. Yeah, Forever Road Podcast. Will Cray's a big fan. Forever Road Podcast. Go check out that. That's just a Wolfpacker who started his own his own podcast, uh, you know, and uh, and really fun stuff to listen to. Head over there and take a gander at it if you're into those kinds of things. Uh, but tactical, dude, yeah, uh, now that the baby's here, 
Um, I'm, I'm locking down two new shows. I've just been extremely busy getting writing contracts, getting the contracts together, bringing these two shows in, getting them trailers, features, uh, coming up with a plan to get them onto the iTunes charts. You know, um, uh, conservative Ant and I are doing an episode live from Florida. So if you guys are in Florida, we are going to be heading down to the, um, uh, Oh man, what is he called? What, what's the Florida? Oh my gosh, I can't think of the name of him. It's the, it's like the Bigfoot of Florida. Oh, the the Gators. No, he's called like Swamp, not Swamp Thing. But um, anyway, we're going down to the. Uh, here, I'll look it up on my phone really fast. So if you're in Florida, you can start playing this. I'm not sure when we're probably be in the next Skunk two Ape. weeks. Skunk Skunk Ape. We're going to the yep. Skunk Ape Research Facility. Um, yeah, Tactical Brewing. We've been there before, uh, Will Cray, in Orlando. But no, we'll be just south of Naples. Um, we're going to try to go to the Skunk Ape Research Facility and do a live conspiracy theory show. Not a conspiracy theory show, but a paranormal show of uh, what is like a swamp ape. Yep, but it's called Skunk Ape. And uh, we're, we're going to do a show live from the Skunk Ape Research Facility with the guys over there at Skunk Ape. So for, for all you Florida peeps that want to get down on that, we also will be having a meetup in Orlando. It looks like in October, um, welcoming in our new podcast uh, team that we're teaming up with. They're from Orlando. So if you guys want to do a meetup, start saving your money, start saving your money for Orlando. I'm going to try to organize it where everything is in walking distance of the hotels. So I will be putting out the hotel and the bar so that everybody can walk back and forth. It'll probably be bigger than our last meetup. Our Florida meetups are always bigger. There's just a lot of people in Florida and everybody wants a reason to go to Florida. Florida's not too bad in October. So if you want to be on the, uh, if you want to get down in October, um, go ahead and start saving your monies now. And uh, we're going to go ahead and start working on that meetup in Florida for October, possibly early November. It'll probably be later October, early November. Put it on your schedules. Can't wait to see maybe you a guys. Maybe Halloween party? Maybe. Maybe we'll do uh, something. No, I, I probably won't do a Halloween party because Halloween's um, a big party at my distillery for Halloween, and I don't want to miss it. I really love our Halloween party. I missed it last year. I think I was doing a drinking bro. No, I was doing the meetup somewhere. I was doing something, and I missed it, and I, I'm not doing that again. So um, so I'm going to be – I'm going to try not to miss it again. I never wanted to, to say, you know, definitely – but um, guys, thanks for tuning in to Last Call of Day. Follow us at Last Call underscore 12. We'll see you tomorrow for Com Center and then, of course, on, on Friday with breakdowns. Until then, guns up, giddy up. <laughs>